because he had told me before I left him that he could not be an effective father or husband with me and the kids in the house. And so I took that and I was like, okay, me and my kids need to leave so he can work on himself. If he can't be an effective father with y'all in the house, he surely can't with y'all out of the house. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 248 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. What's going on with you? Working, working, working. What are we talking about today? Well, today we have a stepmom, China, as a guest. But before we start with that, I want to talk about the Nacho Kids Academy for a minute. All right. The Nacho Kids Academy is where we help you to help yourself. <laughs> and we support you while you do the work. There are over 20 video courses. There's the Nacho Kids Boot Camp, the Change Your Stinking Thinking Challenge, an anonymous community, two monthly Q&A coaching calls, and a private journaling feature, just to name a few. Yeah. Everything you need to improve your blend. Yes. So if you are struggling in your blend, it is much cheaper to join the Nacho Kids Academy than to get divorced. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. But you got to be willing to do it. Yep. You got to do the work, folks. Yep. Put all the excuses aside. I don't have the time. Well, like we say, you can't care more than the bio parent. I can't care more than you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So if that is something you're interested in, go check it out at NachoKidsAcademy.com. And if you're ready to improve your blend, you're ready to put in the work. We're here. We're ready to help. All right. Our guest today, as I stated before, is China. She has been blending for two years, has two stepkids, and two bio kids. One of the stepkids is autistic. They have the stepkids every other week. And she has her kids full time. One of her kids is also special needs. And her partner adopted her kids. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Y'all, she got a crazy bio mom. <laughs> like bio mom assaulted her oh lord really yep had an exchange with the children oh wow yep so needless to say the hardest part of her blend is the high conflict bio mom i would say so she has a great relationship with her stepdaughter she calls her her princess <laughs> So throughout this interview, you will hear her refer to Princess. Her best advice is letting it come naturally. We also talk about how her partner shows her messages that Bio Mom sends. Mm. That happens a lot. Yeah. In the beginning, I wanted to see those messages. But they upset me. <laughs> That is true. Made me angry. 
made me want to fight. Maybe that's what happened in the exchange. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, needless to say, David and I decided that I didn't need to read that crap, and life was much better. He informed me of things I needed to know. Otherwise, that was his baggage. I think people sometimes get caught up in insecurities, and they want to read that because they want to know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, why is she bringing up stuff like that? Why is she trying to talk to you about stuff like that? Right, because uh, you used to have a relationship with this person, and at one point you probably loved them. So that does create some insecurities of, well, what are y'all talking about? Is she trying to get back with you? How are you responding to her? Because we have seen it, folks. We have oh, yeah. seen it. We've seen everything. We'll just say that. We've seen everything. Yeah. I guess my feeling on it is if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. So really, I guess you're just trying not to get blindsided by it, honestly. But you have to figure out where you are in your relationship. But that just goes to show that there's still work that needs to be done within your marriage or within your relationship if you're not married. Well, and it's not always a trust issue. A lot of times people view it as we're a team. I'm the parent when the kid is here. I need to know what's going on. Like, not necessarily an insecurity, but wanting to be kept in the loop. Yeah. Well, one of the other challenges that can come up from that, though, is I see this mostly with stepmoms. The bio mom would send a message. Let's say just us. We'll use us as an example. So bio mom sends me a message. I show it to you. And then you either respond on my behalf like, you know, you're getting my email and you just respond. I never did thing, that. Just saying. Yeah. But then what happens is now you're kind of, I'm abdicating that responsibility out. Next thing you know, you're the one that's taking on that responsibility of communicating with that person. Now, whether you use my email or sometimes there's like, let me just talk to her because uh, we have a better relationship than you do. And which is not inherently bad, but what can happen is if if we're using me and you as an example, I could just step away and go, I'm not dealing with her at all. This is all on you. Mm-hmm. And it makes and it may sound fine for a while, but we have a ton of people come to us, stepmoms mostly, who say, I took this on a year or two ago and I don't want it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is causing me a lot of stress and I'm dealing with her and I shouldn't have to be dealing with her. Yeah. And a lot of times there's group chats where mm-hmm. the bio mom, the bio dad, the stepmom, the stepdad, everybody's in on the chat. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I can tell you now it would not have worked for us. No, it would not. Right. All right. So anyway, this is a fairly lengthy interview, so let's get to listening. Let's do it. Today, we have stepmom and biomom, China. Hey, China, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. So tell us a little bit about your blended dynamics. So me and my husband have been together for two years. Um, I have two stepchildren. He has a boy and a girl. And then I have two bio children of my own. Um, they're both boys. But my husband, as of October of last year, has officially adopted my children. Oh. So 
he has four legal children, but I still legally have two. <laughs> okay. And how old are the kids? So prepare yourself. It is six, seven, eight, nine. Wow. I know. <laughs> Everyone says that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and she loves to tell people that she is the oldest. Oh, yes. I can see that. <laughs> can you blame her? No, she's my princess. Even though I'm her stepmom, you would think that she is my blood daughter. Like I birthed her from the womb, but she, I call her my daughter. Like she, she is my daughter. But she tells people that, well, I'm just going to go get Miss China. And I'm <laughs> okay, no, let's, let's not do that. Or she'll like tell her, um, her teachers at school. Well, my name is princess at home, but here you can call me my name. And I'm like, well, no, I was like, your name is your name at home. <laughs> name is princess. So don't get a mix up. <laughs> she is my little Starbucks and target girl. <laughs> oh, wow. She sounds like a hot mess. She is spoiled rotten. And it's my fault. It's my fault. Cause I was a boy mom for eight years. Yeah. So it was, um, it was my fault that when I finally got my girl, I was, I went kind of a little buck wild, but she's, she's actually learned how to play the game. So she knows that the boys are more troublemakers than she is. Mm -hmm. So she knows that if she does what she needs to do, Miss China will take her to Starbucks. Miss China will get her the toy if she earns it. If she keeps her room clean. Like, I don't really have to tell her her chores because she volunteers to do everything possible. And I'm like, you have to let the boys get some stuff too now. Like you, like just calm down a little bit. But she, she wants that one-on-one -on -one time with me mm -hmm. a lot. And that's where I think it's coming from. And I, sometimes I kidnap her from school. I say kidnap, but when me and my husband, um, we have them for our week of custody. Um, if she's having a rough week because the transitions from moms to our house, mm -hmm. she gets really mad when she leaves our house. We'd always do like a mommy and daughter date night or mm -hmm. activity once a week that I have her. Because she gets it, she regresses really badly sometimes. And so I'll tell her, oh, I'm going to take you from school. And then she'll tell her teachers, Miss China has kidnapped me from school. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> can't use that word. I'm just going to go take you for lunch and bring you right back. Don't, don't use the word kidnap. I don't want people coming to my house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, now, how often do you have them, the stepkids? We, we have them every other week. 50-50 custody. Okay. And what is your relationship like with Bia Mom? Do you have one? We do not have one whatsoever. It's to the point where I do not think we will ever have one. I've had Bio Mom arrested for assaulting me during a custody exchange. Oh, I've, no. Yes, I had a restraint order against her for a year, but I ended it because uh, DHR, I don't know if you know what DHR is, but it's Alabama's version of child protective services. Okay. When she was under investigation, the social worker that we had, she convinced me to be the bigger person and drop the restraining order because all she would talk about is the restraining order that I had against her and not about why she was under investigation. And so I was like, okay, I'll be the bigger person. And then the social worker said like, once you drop the restraining order, she wants to do a meeting with you and I'll mediate it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay. And so once I dropped the restraining order and I sent proof that I requested to the courts that I dropped the restraining order, she canceled the meeting within an hour before the meeting happened. No way. And 
So it was a ploy just to get me to drop the restraining order. And then, um, surprise. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Like I should have never, even the guardian line was like, you should never listen to social worker. You should have kept the restraining order because she just got worse after that. And she ended up showing up to the kids concert an hour early and the restraining order wasn't officially dropped yet. And so my husband went up to her and was like, Hey, you need to leave. Like the restraining order is still in effect. It's not dropped. And she was like, no, I'm going to be here. And all she did was stare at me the entire time. And I told the principal, I was like, I'm comfortable. We saw a restraining order and has not been officially dropped. And then that's when I started no- like noticing the mind games that she was playing. And then after that, the last incident that we had together was November 6th. And it was the last game of the season. My stepdaughter, she was cheering. And my son, it was his last game, my youngest son. And she pretty much like verbally attacked me to the point where she was almost going to attack me again. And I had to get a police report. And do all of this stuff to make sure, because I can still carry. And I told her I carry. I was like, you will never have a chance to put your hands on me ever again. And she loves to verbally attack me or physically attack me, not only in front of her kids, but in front of my oldest. She never does it in front of my youngest. And so when she was verbally attacking me, my stepdaughter was getting behind me, tugging on my shirt. And then my oldest was getting behind my uh, my husband. And then his youngest was getting behind him too. And I'm just like, this is like deja vu happening all over again. And when I filed the police report, I had told my husband, I was like, you need to let her know that this will not be accepted. And if she ever puts her hands on me again, we're going to have an issue. And I've never had to file three police reports against her. And I'm like, I've never dealt with the police as much in my life. Right. I sued her civilly. I had, and when I, for the first assault, when I sued her, we got the judgment and I got awarded a dollar on principal and my court costs back. Because I told the judge when I first went in, this this is for principal purposes that she needs to learn that she cannot do this in front of kids. She cannot put her hands on me and she cannot do this in front of my stepkids, especially when we're trying to blend our families. Right. And so. He awarded me the dollar in principle, gave her a tongue lashing, and we thought that was going to be an end of it, but she dragged it out. And yesterday she finally paid me my judgment. <laughs> Your dollar? <laughs> well, actually, it got more than a dollar because there was 8.5% interest on it every month that she missed paying it. <laughs> so she had to pay $110. And- oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So she's a person who purposely tries to make everything an inconvenience. She told me in court for the restraining order that I'm overmothering her children. I need to spend my own money on my own kids. It's not fair that I have more money than her. And so I told my husband after this last court hearing that we had in December, I said, you know what? I need to take a step back. And at first he got kind of like on the defensive side. Right. And I, I was like, not like abandoning. Like, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave the kids. It's just, she, has a way of having this narrative about me in court where I'm not called in to defend myself, but I'm called in to answer to her accusations. And back in December, when I got called in again, because I wrote the social security application for my stepdaughter, because my husband's handwriting is like a doctor's, it's chicken scratch. Mm-hmm. He had a problem with me writing the application. And the judge was like, you've been accused of overstepping. And I was like, what? And I said on record on the, on the court transcript, I was like, what do I have to do with their co-parenting efforts? I have nothing to do with it. Then he was like, well, it's inappropriate that you know her social. And I was like, I knew her social because I've taken her to court three times. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I have her information. And then lo and behold, come to find out, she's been writing my information on all the kids' school stuff and everything. She slipped up and it was in my stepson's backpack. And I was like, she just made a huge thing about this in court in December, but she's writing my stuff, my information on the kids' stuff. And I was like, this is why I need to take a step back because I'm, I don't want to say the D word, but I'm D. <laughs> Oh, and I'm D if I do. So I was like, let's just look into the Nachoi method and figure out how we can be a blended family without the conflict, even though she's always going to be a conflict. <laughs> right. How to minimize the conflict and not let it affect your relationship in your home. Yes, because that's what she's trying to do. Every vacation we go on, I mean, for example, the passports. My husband finally got approval to get the kids' passports because she threw the kids' passports away. She claimed they expired. They lived in Italy for almost two years back in 2019, 2018. And she made a huge thing about us trying to plan a trip to go back to Italy because the kids really wanted to show me and my kids where they grew up at. Mm-hmm. For the Because my stepson, he was like a baby when like he was learning to talk when he was in Italy and everything. And so he has autism and he like level two autism. And he is so excited every time we bring up Italy, like that is like one of his core memories. And so I promised him, I was like, one of these days you're going to take me and my kids to Italy and you're going to show us where you went to school. You're going to show us where you played. You're going to show us everything you possibly can. And he just gets so excited thinking of it. And so she told my husband that she doesn't feel safe with the kids going out of country. And then he was like, what do you mean? And she was like, I don't feel safe. You can take me to court on it. And so I ended up canceling the trips last year because I was like, you know, it's not worth going to court about it right now. We can wait until they're a little bit older. And then when everything was happening with the court systems, with DHR, whatever, they got a guardian at litem. And the guardian at litem brought up the passports. And he was like, I don't, I told the judge, I don't understand her issue with the passports. I don't understand what's going on with the passport. There's no, there's nothing significant preventing them from having the passports. They had one before. And then she told the judge, well, I don't feel comfortable because I can't, if something happens to them overseas, I can't be there. And then the judge was like, if you're uncomfortable, then get a passport yourself. Right. And then she got quiet. And then after he made the judgment saying that she, since she's the one who has been preventing it for almost two years now, she had to get the passports, pay for them, and then send him proof that she did it. And then she filed an appeal. It was like a mod- it was like a, it was like an unauthorized way of doing an appeal, but it was motion. And it was like a handwritten letter. Mm-hmm that she filed saying that she didn't, she doesn't agree with the decision, the communication. She thought there's not going to be any communication between them, even though there's a communication clause in the divorce decree and that we can talk about the passports again, because I don't believe they should be issued. Like just verbiage like that. And my husband during the time I was like, give her five dates on when you can meet her at the courthouse to do the passports. And each date that he would give her, I can't do this. I can't do that date. I can't do this. I can't do, I'm just like, her deadline, the judge gave her 30 days to do this. Right. So her deadline is coming up and she finally agreed to Friday. So we're going to see each other on a Friday. But her issue is not the kids traveling. It's them traveling with me. Right. And we go on trips. I'm retired from the Navy. I got medically retired after serving eight years. I work part-time now in the healthcare fields. We're about to open an indoor playground at the end of this year. And so me and my husband, he's still active duty, but he's getting medically retired as well. We're trying to use all of his time left because I think he has like 80 days of leave on the books. And instead of selling it back, he wants to use it. So we've been traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. And every time we travel, whether it's me going to my family in South Carolina, us going to Disney World in Florida, she makes it a huge deal. And I, I, I honestly believe that it's based off of jealousy. 
And because there's no real reason to pick fights about it. I mean, your kids are experiencing things that they can't experience with you. And I asked my husband, I was like, why, why is she doing like, why is it such a big issue? Like, wouldn't you want your kids to go have fun and explore? And then he was like, well, China, even though we were married for eight years, I was very good at being broke. And I was like, what do you like, what do you mean? And he was like, remember when we first got together and the kids didn't really have anything in their closets or anything? And I was like, yeah, he was like, she took everything. But yet we didn't really have anything for her to take because I guess when he got paid by the third day, it was all gone. Oh, wow. And when he met me, I was already successful on my own. I was starting nursing school. I need to go back to nursing school, but I was starting nursing school. I was working doubles. I was agency and traveling around South Carolina and Atlanta going back and forth in healthcare. My kids had their own nanny. I had a biweekly house cleaner. So my life was pretty, it was, it was comfortable. And when he met me, he was like, this is weird. Like, what do you like? You have money in your account. Like you can go travel, like you can go eat. And I was like, yes. I was like, I'm very good with my money. Like, what do you you mean? And I guess like I introduced him to a different life because he wasn't used to being with someone who was already set and had their own ambition, had their own career goals, had already had like their, their kids were flourishing and stuff like that. And so when me and him got together and we blended in, the kids started going on trips. I started buying them clothes. I started kind of giving them the same life that my kids were having because I didn't want them to be left out. And that's what started everything because she was like, why I want to be told when the kids are going to the hair salon or getting their nails done or going shopping or going out to eat or, and we're just like, why do we have to tell you all that? Right. That doesn't make any sense, but she would, she would bring her disgruntledness to court. And I mean, like file over every, every little thing. And I'm sitting here just like, I was like princess, like I, for like a full month, when I was like, you know, I'll try now train, but I, I did the wrong way. And when I first tried to do it in 2022, I did the wrong way where I completely stopped what I was doing for my princess and my stepson. And I stopped taking her to the hair salon. I stopped taking her to the nail salon. I was like, we're not going out to eat. Like, we're just going to stay home because obviously these trips are bothering her. Like it's causing my husband more stress because we're getting like lawyers in the filing, like every which way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just going to stop. I'm like, these are your kids. They're not mine. I'm done. And it caused my princess to start having abandonment issues because I'm the relationship she has with her mom. The only way I can describe it is that she made me a mother's day gift and not her mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so when I first tried on true method, I thought I was doing it the right way, but she, she started becoming a recluse. Like she was just, she was mad. She was mad that entire month. And she was giving everyone attitude. She was crying every time we had to do the pickups and drop-offs and everything. And I finally asked her, I was like, what is wrong? I was like, princess, I was like, what is happening? And she was like, I'm still your princess. And I was like, whoa, what? And she she was like, I didn't know I was still your princess. And I was like, you are. Like, what do you like, what do you mean? And then I guess all of it just like just word vomit. And she was just told me how she felt. And then I was like, I'm not doing this method right at all. Like, I thought that by me staying out of it and just letting her mom do whatever she wanted with her and just being on the sideline and just, babe, you're going to handle this. I'm done. I'm not doing it. If you want to take her, you take her. But I didn't realize how much she needed it 
Right. Because her wasn't giving it to her. And so my husband was like, there has to be a different way. And so I started like researching it more and more and more and more. And then I found your TikTok and I found your, your website and everything, whatever. And I was joining the stepmom support groups and I started going on TikTok and a lot of people had the same similar events like me, but some of them were, some of their, with their HCBMs are more drastic than mine. Thank God. But like, oh, I, you can I, always find worse girl. Yes. And so I, I, we finally had a talk with her. I told her I was, I was doing this podcast and I told her, I was like, and I was very honest. I was like, your mom has issues with our relationship. But I need you to understand that our relationship is not going to change in its entirety. What I'm going to stop doing is that she has probably with me right on your paperwork at school. So I will just tell you in person, good job. Like, show me what you did. Like, we're, we'll go celebrate. We'll go do this. We'll I won't write it on your paperwork anymore. When it comes to discipline, I've never disciplined my stepkids. My husband has always been a disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that hasn't changed. And then I told her, I was like, we're just not going to talk about what we're going to do until the day of, because her mom likes to pry her for information because she's the oldest. And so we have just been kind of not necessarily standoffish, just, Hey, daddy is going to be more involved with your appointments with, because she got upset one time that I didn't go with her to her appointment. I was like, your mom doesn't want me there. Like your mom threatened to call the police on me if I showed up. And Mm -hmm. I had to be honest And she was like, well, that's not fair. That's mean. And I'm like, I understand that. And you have every right to feel what you're feeling, but I have to step away from this. So you can FaceTime me at the doctor's appointment. You can FaceTime me at the orthodontist. You can FaceTime me at therapy. That is perfectly fine with me. I just won't be there physically. I won't go to anywhere pickups and drop-offs. I won't, when it comes to IEP meetings at school, I won't be there in person. Um, Daddy will just tell me what's going on. I think she was just more worried about me stopping what I stopped before, like the hair and the nails and Starbucks and Target, like our girl days. The fun stuff. Yeah. And and I regret doing that. I, re- I really do because I thought I was doing it the right way because she had such an issue with it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it's not you, it's her. And I'm sitting here, I was like, she's married to a person in their like middle 40s, late 40s. I was like, I don't understand why they're struggling as much as they're struggling, but getting mad at me because I didn't do anything special. All I did was raise my hand at 17 years old and enlist in the Navy. Right. Like I didn't do, I, I didn't come from money. I didn't come from like, even my aunt, like she calls my aunt, the rich aunt. And I'm like, my aunt did 29 years in the army. Like <laughs> she did 29 years and she's a nurse practitioner. She is her own successful person. So HCBM, she compares our households to each other, which is not a comparison at all. And then she gets mad that princess is the way that she is because my stepson, I won't ever hold a flame to his mom. She treats him because he has autism. He has level two autism. We're getting him retested, but she treats him like he's a golden child before all of the issues came around. She never went to any appointments. She never, she was, she only, she only went to like a handful of IEP meetings, blah, blah, blah. Like she didn't, she wasn't involved at all. She was a parent of, of convenience and then when I started coming in and I started taking the kids out and doing all this stuff, whatever, she started only going to my stepson's appointments, but not princess's appointments. And because when I came into the picture, they hadn't seen a physician in like almost a year. They had been to the dentist in almost two years. Um, like 
when I came in, I kind of like overhauled everything. And I was like, hey, your kids need to go to medical. They need to go to dental. They need to go to therapy, especially therapy because of the divorce and everything. And I was like, he needs to get tested because he's showing signs of autism, all this kind of stuff, whatever. And then she just felt a certain way about it. And she's made every appointment from here on out difficult. Like she even yelled at my husband the last appointment. Like she, the, the judge doesn't really care about her mental instability because we have tried and tried and tried. We went to court four times already. And he's like, unless something substantial happens, custody is not changing. And we pretty much custody will stay the same. He's a he's type of judge who gives us tongue lashings in court because he's yelled at me plenty of times in court. And I'm like, you have no right to yell at me. I have nothing to do with these kids. Like on paper, I have nothing to do with them. And he, but he's a type of judge that wants 50 50 and he doesn't see anything wrong. He just thinks that all third parties should stay out of it and let them focus on their co parenting. And despite him saying, I've tried doing that. She won't respond to any messages, blah, blah, blah. And then he, the judge was just like, well, I can't force her to respond. If she doesn't respond, then you don't respond. And then when the judge pretty much gave the playbook of play her game as well, my husband started playing her game as well. And she has been going crazy in the co-parenting now because he shows me the messages. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we will never, I told him, I was like, there's no answer for this. Like, there's no rational answer for why there's a fight almost every single day with this woman. And I, I told him, I was like, you're lucky. I love you so much. <laughs> like, you're so lucky. I love you because this is not normal. This is insanity. And the last mediation that they had, the mediator had asked her, how does your significant other feel about this? Like, how does, because you, you're constantly bringing up China and whatever is something in court is not going her way. She brings me up. I mean, every, every single time, like I have the court transcripts because I was, I'm at the point where I want to sue her for defamation because what she's saying is influencing the judge's orders because the new order that just came out pretty much says what the other ones have been saying. Like no one can replace the parental roles and like blah, 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 blah. And so it's just crazy to me because there's no, there's no answer for this. And I'm like, I'm her defense to everything. And this is why I want a nacho parent because it's just the only thing that makes sense. Cause we tried parallel um, parenting. we tried the gray rock method but if my husband doesn't respond to her, if he she doesn't like the answer that he gives her, she's in court filing. And it's $345 to file a motion every single time at this courthouse. But she's the first one to complain about finances. Yeah. <laughs> it's called priorities. Yeah. And I'm sitting here just like, I was scared because I brought it up to, because one of my issues that I had when DHR was involved, I said, when my husband gets out, the child support is going to stop because the child support, my husband sends her 1122 a month in child support alone. And we have 50-50 custody. Wow. We were getting notices that she was threatening me to, to be evicted, I think like three or four times because she pays it late because she waits for the child support to hit her account and then she pays, the child, and then she pays her rent. Mm-hmm. And so I told my husband, I was like, I'm really scared that when you get out of the military, and you start going back to school, you're not making as much money as you're making before, you don't get your retirement until you're 55, so you're going to get your VA disability. And that is about, like I think, like $3,000 a month, if that. The kids aren't going to really be stable. But in Alabama, as long as you have a roof over your head, running water, and food, she can go to a shelter for all the court's care with the kids. Yeah. And that scares me. It scared me to the point where I offered, and I people always tell me that I go, 
I go beyond what I need to go. I offered to buy land and put a modular home on it and let her, her wife and the kids, when she had the kids stay there and she just pay me rent. Like I wouldn't threaten to evict her. Like she'll just pay me rent and that's fine. She wouldn't but pay I- you. You know that, right? Most likely. Yeah. But at least I would know that my stepkids were safe. Right. I get that. But also that's just. I know. Yeah. I know. You're jumping in the fire. (laughs) I know. But I was just so worried about my stepkids because I was just like, I was like, babe, this woman is not mentally like this is this is insanity. I was like, and the only people that are hurting, I've offered to buy food for their house because my stepdaughter, she would come back to our house and she would overeat like crazy. Like, cause we do, we do switches every Sunday mm-hmm. and she like crazy. And then she would throw up and I'm like, why is she overeating? Like, I don't understand. And then she was telling us mommy doesn't have enough food at home. And so I told my husband, I was like, you know what? Let's just buy her groceries for her house. And she refused it. And so the kids said they didn't have enough clothes. They said the clothes that they had, they don't fit anymore. So I was like, okay, let's offer to buy her clothes for the kids that only stay out of her house. She refused it as well. And then with a car that she took during the divorce, she was always late on the payments. It was affecting my husband's credit. And so I offered to buy her like a little $2,500 car, like an A&B car, um, and her give us a car back, but she refused. My husband even offered, because in Alabama, it's not alimony, it's property settlement. He offered to give her an advance on the property settlement to kind of help her out financially really struggling and she refused it she was like she told the lawyer that he all he thinks is i'm about money and that's it and it's like it's not that you're all about money it's that you don't have any money and we're worried about the kids right and the judge just pretty much is like when it happens then come back to court you can't prematurely bring this issue until it actually happens okay and (laughs) i've got bukus of questions okay yes i'm ready okay so your kids father is not in the picture at all so your husband adopted them yes so he used to be in the picture then he moved to japan okay he got remarried my kids kind of went on the back burner and i suggested that my current husband adopt the kids there's more into that but i can't go into it because in order for him to agree to the adoption we both signed an nda okay but the kids are now adopted by my current husband we do have a, ga- a grandparent clause, though, in the um, adoption agreement with my ex-husband where his parents and his family can still be involved in the kids' lives. I just don't want them as of right now because the adoption only happened in October. Okay. And so I'm kind of waiting for things because pictures and stuff that we were sending to my ex-mother-in-law, she was sending it to my ex-husband. And to me, that was like a broken trust. Right. And I didn't think that she understood the magnitude of what was going on and how the adoption really hurts my eight-year-old son. Like he's still in therapy. He picks his skin so bad that I had CPS do a wellness check on me because they thought they were burns on his hands. And I was like, no, what? (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, I was like, he picked, I was like, he's on, he's on like the highest dose for Prozac that a child can, beyond because of how bad his anxiety is like sometimes he still has panic attacks sometimes he still asks about his real dad and so we have been in an immense amount of therapy sessions and so it was for the best it really was Uh, my kids actually have an active father now um, to the point where sometimes I'm just like 
you know what? You could be a stay at home dad. I was like, I'll work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are you are really good at this. I'm like, I don't know what I was. I was like, this is amazing. Like he's at every football game, every practice. He'll let me sleep because I work night shift and take him to their appointments. He'll do their IEP meetings. He's a huge advocate for them because my six-year-old, he has a lot of special needs, especially because of his behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so he is a very, very, very active parent. And I don't regret the decision whatsoever. Now, before your husband adopted them, how long had it been since they had seen their dad? Um, twenty. I want to say 2021 because I was not informed that he was coming back to the States for a class. And then when I tried calling the boys, they no one would answer. And I was like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And then they would, they, my mother, my ex-mother-in-law called me and then she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like we guys, we just got surprised by him and he's here for a week. I had no clue that he was coming. And I was like, you guys have to tell me. I was like, what? I was like, you guys have to tell me that he's coming. Like, it's not just, we have a visitation schedule and he's overseas and you guys didn't tell me. They're like trying to, like, he's only here for a week. Like, it's not that big of a deal. He's their father. And my, my oldest, he regressed so much. He started um, defecating on himself. Oh, gosh. Sleeping. He was picking more. My youngest, he didn't really care because when I left my ex-husband, they were one and two. So my youngest knows him, but doesn't really know him. But my my oldest, he regressed so much. And that's why I was so upset by it. And they were just trying to defend him. They were just like, well, he's their dad. And, and I was just like, no, that was not appropriate. That was not okay. You guys should have like, and me and my, was it 2021? No, it was 2022. It was 2022. I'm sorry. It was 2021. It was 2022. <laughs> And my current husband, we were dating at the time. He was like, let's just go out there and get the boys. He's like, cause that's not right. She knew about it. Yeah. She knew about it. About it. Let's go get them. And I was like, you know what? No, because I didn't want them to think that I was preventing anything from happening. I didn't want them to think bad of me. I didn't want them to like, and I was You're like, taking you know us from our dad. Yeah. And so I was like, let's just let them be there. We're picking them up anyway in less than three weeks. So it's fine because they've been going to um, Washington state for, since my oldest was one every year for the summer. Cause when I went to, I was active duty and then I went reserves. And so I'll do my two weeks in the summer. And so it always fell where they will get my, uh, my kids in the summers. And so we stopped that after the adoption happened. So your kids hadn't seen him for a while. Then they see him. Yes. How did they feel about your now husband going to adopt them? My six-year-old was excited. I mean, beyond excited. My eight-year-old, he went through an abandonment period where he felt like he did something wrong. Mm -hmm. He kept saying like over and over again, like, is there anything I could do? Is there anything I could do? Like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Like, he just kept like repeating himself. And then he started, pull, started pulling out his hair. Like he almost had like a bald, bald patch on his head from like the anxiety and everything. Yeah. And me and my husband, we had to sit down with him and we were like, it's nothing that you did. Do not think that it's anything that you did. And I was like, your daddy loves you enough to do this so you can have someone in your life every single day and be there for you and be the father that you need. So I'm not saying that he is no longer going to be your dad. He will always biologically be your dad. He's just not your dad every day. And so when we did, we had, we had to go to therapy 
and we had to kind of let Aiden just my son's my oldest is Aiden um, we kind of just had to let him just say what he needed to say whether it was rambling whether it was just crying whatever we just had to let him get everything out and once he did that it was like a switch and he felt so much better like sometimes he still when he gets like mad at my husband he'll be like okay well I'll just ask mom and like my <laughs> and my husband will get like kind of like take it personal and I was like don't take it personal I was like oh, the, well, I did that growing up yeah I was like kids do, I was like I your kids do it like they'll be like okay well I'll just ask Miss China and I was like that's the same thing that they're doing I was like the kids will ask me if I say no, they're like, okay, I'll just ask dad. And then they'll come ask you. So I was like, don't take it personal. I was like, he, but my, but my eight-year-old, he is becoming so much like my husband. It's not even funny. Like he's starting to like say his little comebacks that my husband will say to him. And sometimes he'll just sit in the room with him. They won't be talking or anything. My husband will be playing on his computer, uh, playing his games. And my son will be playing next to him on his computer just super quiet i'm like what is going on and they're just enjoying each other's company without talking to each other mm-hmm. and then, well, my husband calls it like secret scroll missions and he started that when my husband uh we introduced the adoption and so he was like we're just gonna go on a guide trip and they're like you can't tell mommy and he would do that every other week like kind of bi-weekly mm-hmm. to get whether that was to get their haircuts or go get ice cream or go to dinner or something, whatever. Like my husband made it a point to make sure Aiden knew that he wasn't forgotten, that he wasn't abandoned, that right. he has life. And it took a lot, but I, I really appreciate my husband because I, I feel like even though we had therapy, if he did not take the time to just do solo activities with my oldest, he probably would still have that huge anxiety, still be asking about his dad, his real dad and all that kind of stuff. But now it's kind of like, I haven't heard his name since June of last year. Oh, wow. From my son. Yeah. Now, was it your idea or your ex-husband's idea for him to give up his uh, parental rights? It was my idea to begin with back in when I first left him in 2018. Okay. Because he had told me before I left him that he could not be an effective father or husband with me and the kids in the house. And so I took that and I was like, okay, me and my kids need to leave so he can work on himself. If he can't be an effective father with y'all in the house, he surely can't with y'all out of the house. I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) That was his logic at the time. And so I already knew in my heart that I was leaving because I was a married single mom. And so I was doing it by myself anyway. And I just needed to make sure that my military career and my schooling, all that lined up first. Cause I was also a foster mom during that time too. Okay. And so I had to make sure that my foster kids had new placements. And so it took me a while to actually leave. But, but then when I actually did leave, I had asked him, I said, is it okay if you sign over your parental rights? But in South Carolina, unless you have someone willing to adopt them, they can't do it. Correct. I was quiet for almost, I think for like three years, I believe. So three or almost four years. And then when I met my husband, we were together by, we were together like 10 months, I think. Cause we got married last October. We were, we were together in 2022. And then it wasn't until I took my ex-husband back to court for passports. Cause he refused to sign passport paperwork. And that 
opened the floodgates to be like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this issue anymore. You're already in the arrears, thousands and thousands of dollars. You're not paying any medical expenses that you're supposed to pay. I'm just, I'm over it. And so I just don't think as of right now, like you want to be a father. And I have someone here that I'm about to marry who my kids treat as their father, who is an amazing father figure to them. And I think that it's just appropriate if you let them adopt him. And he agreed. Wow. And then I found out that he was engaged. And uh, and I was just like, oh, okay. Because it took me a lot to get him served in Japan. I had to go to social media. I had to go to TikTok. I had to do a lot of things like where investigations took place. Like it was just a whole debacle. And I just, I was just like, this is the right decision for right now. And so his parents didn't really agree with it. But at the end of the day, it's it was his choice. Great. And when my lawyers sent him the paperwork, it was signed that same day. Wow. So since your husband has adopted them, does your ex try to reach out to them or? He cannot. He cannot contact me. I can't contact him. He can't contact my immediate family. He can't contact my employer. I can't contact his employer. We can't be more than 500 yards within each other. I'm the one who made it a point to put the grandparent clause in there because I knew it was hard for my ex-mother-in-law to lose because she thought that she was losing the kids. Right. And I, I had told her, I was like, you're not losing the kids. I was like, we have no issues whatsoever with you guys having a relationship with the kids. It's just, he's not their father anymore. Right. So with him having Father's Day photos on Facebook and him still having the kids posted on his Facebook and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, that's not appropriate. They're not his kids anymore. Right. And all you guys are all on the same page. I think until they're in therapy longer, until certain milestones have been met, that we should just, as of right now, just do nothing and just let it organically happen. And because after the, like during the adoption process, I, I allowed my uh, my husband called my ex-mother-in-law on his phone because she's blocked on my phone because my son was asking to speak to her. He asked me if it was appropriate. And I was like, if he wants to call her, you call her on your phone. Mm-hmm. Answered and they talked and my son was so happy to see his Dana. And I started crying because I, I started feeling guilt, but I'm learning about boundaries and I'm learning to stick with my boundaries. And until they get it together, my kids will not go out there. Like, I don't trust it. Trust these people with my kids because they're going to either my ex husband might come back from the from Japan and sneak over and see them, and that's just going to mess with all the work that we've been doing. And it's just because one thing about my my oldest when he regresses, it's the picking and the defecating on himself, and then the pulling out the hair. It's complete trauma. It's a huge trauma response. Huge trauma response. So, what did your now husband's kids, your stepkids, think about him adopting your kids. Did y'all talk to them about it to get oh, yeah. their input? Yeah, they were with us at the courthouse too when the adoption was finalized and the judge gave them their own little gavels. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. It's like We have the cutest picture too of all of them holding up their little gavels. But the thing with Princess, she wants me to give her a little sister so bad. Oh, she, yeah, she loves the fact that 
those are her brothers now. They're not her stepbrothers. I was like, you can't call them stepbrothers because they're not your stepbrothers anymore. They're your brothers. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my stepson is your brother. They're your brothers. Right. And they are legally your siblings. Yes. And she loved it. My stepson loved it because to him, even though sometimes he doesn't process things quickly as we do, he understood that these two kids were never going away. Right. And so he was just so happy because before we moved where we where we're at now, we lived on post. And so the boys shared a room and then one had their own room. They didn't like that. And so all the boys migrated into just one room and they all sleep together in one room. So there's a bunk bed, there's bunk beds, and then there's a single twin size bed and they all play with the same stuff. It's like having triplets. Right. <laughs> Honestly, it's like having triplets. They all wear the same size clothes. They all play the same games. Like, it's just, it's literally like, because we're, we're moving into a house. We close on the house on the 5th. And the youngest boys are sharing a room because they, they, even though they said they wanted their own room, they can't be away from each other for too long. They start getting, like, separation anxiety. Like, it's it's so cute. It's like, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. And yeah. they keep asking for a, a, a sibling. And I told them, I was like, I had my tubes removed. And I was like, well, me and daddy, we, we could get pregnant and we can have a baby, but it's just going to be a different process. Or me and daddy can be foster parents and then we can adopt the little girl that we have. Would that be better? And then princess was like, oh, I want this and this and this and this. And then when my best friend came to visit, she has two younger girls, one's three and one's one. And when they came here, they were so loud and feral and <laughs> just, and she got so overwhelmed. And I was like, this is what you wanted. This is, you wanted two little sisters. Like, this is, this is what this is. And then she was like, I think I just want one, just, just one more. She was like, cause with the boys and then with those two, I can't, I can't do it. Miss China. I can't. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, we'll just, we'll just do one. And then she ended up telling my husband that her and the boys agreed that if they're baby babies, she can do two. Oh gosh. But they grow up, sweetheart. (laughs) What? Because at first I thought the reason why she was, because at first she said no. When we first asked her about adding to the family, Princess was the only one that said no. The boys were like, yes, I want a little sister because they have an older sister and she bosses them around. And so they want a little sister because they like babies and they want to be big brothers. Mm -hmm. And so, I thought she was saying no because she didn't want me to focus on another girl. Like she just wanted our girl time and just that. Like, but then I talked to her about it and then she was, she was afraid at first. She was like, I just felt like there's going to be no more Starbucks, no more Target, no more nails or hair. We weren't going to go shopping anymore. And then you're going to focus on the baby. And because at her house with her mom, my stepson is a golden child. And so, because of court that we just had recently, she was the one that was sleeping in the living room. My stepson was the one sleeping in the room. And the judge was like, no, she needs to be behind a locked door. She's about to be 10 years old. Like, she needs her own room. And so now, after after having court, now my princess has her own room at mom's house while my stepson sleeps in the living room. And so she was just worried that I was going to end up putting her on the back burner like her mom does to her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, never, I was like, I would never do that. Like, I don't know why you thought I would do that. And I don't, I, I'm sorry if I gave off that impression that I was going to do that, 
But no, I was like, we don't even have to bring another baby in the picture. I was like, it could just be me and you and the boys forever. Like, that's fine. And when I told her that, just like this whole sigh of relief came over her face. And then she was like, no, it's okay. I can see myself sharing a room with the baby, but it has to be a baby. And I was like, like, well, I was like, what about a two-year-old? Because sometimes with foster care, you don't know what you're going to get. And then she was like, as long as it's a girl, Miss China, as long as it's a girl, no more boys. We have too many boys. And then she walked away. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, we heard it. <laughs> right. She's a she's a diva. She is definitely my diva. So buy a mom's off the chain. Yes. She is remarried. Yes. She's been with her her now wife longer than me and my husband have been together. But and her being married did not change the crazy level. Did not change it at all whatsoever. At all. In, in mediation, she even told the mediator that her wife does have issues with her not being able to let go of her obsession with me. Really? Yep. And the mediator was like, well, so why don't you do it? And then she was like, I'm trying. Why did they split up? Why did your husband and her split up? So my husband told me that uh, I wish he was here, but I think he's in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> He told me that they split up because their marriage was, wasn't working when she's the one that asked for the separation. And so he was like, okay, we'll be separated. And then when he left, he came back and found her in bed with another female. And he was like, I don't want to do separation. I just want to do divorce. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she was still living like they were married because he was still paying her bills. He was so, but she, he moved her to an apartment in a different city and he had the kids majority of the time and he was still sending her money every month and paying her bills and whatnot. And so they're separated for like a year and a half before I came into the picture. And so when I came into the picture, I told him, I was like, I'm not gonna be with a married man. <laughs> so you either file for divorce or me and you can't be together. And then I kid you not, like, I think like a week later he filed for divorce. And when he filed for divorce, that's when everything hit the fire, like hit the fan because she felt, and she, and she, I have the court transcripts where I can verify that she was calling me a homebreaker and that I was living in her house with her husband and her kids. And the judge was like, well, what was the last time you lived there? And she was like, 2021. And he was like, you haven't been there in over a year and a half. Cause she would show up at the house on post when I was there and to try to get me to leave the house. And then I'll tell the officer, cause you always do what my husband was at work. And I'll tell the officer, I was like, she doesn't live here. She has her own residence in Phoenix, like in, in this area over here. And he was like, well, ma'am, do you live here? She was like, well, no, but he's still my husband. And then I would call my then boyfriend. I'd be like, Hey, she's over here again. Please call her. <laughs> Please come here. Please do something. Cause like she's doing whatever she wants to do right now. And then she even got to the point where she was calling housing on post to try to get me kicked out of the house because we were so they were so legally married and so my my then boyfriend had to prove how long they were separated for the divorce paperwork that they were in active litigation she has her own residence and by her doing that that was the last straw for my end of court proceedings that grants me the restraining order because she was not stopping whatsoever she would come to the house she would push me. She would like, and she would just verbally assault me and do all this kind of stuff. Whatever. She would walk into the house and I'm just like, what? And it was all, and it all started because he filed for divorce. 
she even threatened to take the kids to Florida where her girlfriend lived at the time. Well, now her wife now. Yeah. When, when you told me how crazy she is and how she's obsessed with you, I knew that she cheated on him. Because most of the time, when a high-conflict bio mom acts that way, that's what happened in the relationship. Yeah. I, to me, because technically, yes, they were still married. But the way that he told me is that she asked for separation. And then the next, he said, fine, that's, that's okay, whatever. The next day he came home, she was in bed with another female. And then he would go to her house to go pick up the kids, uh, her apartment, sorry, to pick up the kids. She was answering one time and he walked in, there was another female in the bed. And it was just like, you're telling me you want to get back together, but yet you're doing all this stuff, whatever. And I'm just like, and my husband, he is one of the most laid back, responsible men. I always tell people like, I was like, my husband was raised Catholic. And they're like, what does that mean? I was just like, that should tell you everything that it means. I was like, even though he has tattoos and he's tatted like here to there, he is the most honest, nicest guys ever. And the fact that like he allowed that to happen before I even came into the picture, I was like, why were you doing that? And he was like, with the kids. He was like, I knew how she was. He was like, because when we first got together, when I don't consider it yelling, I just talk loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, with my family, we talk loud and stuff. And he would be on edge because he thought I was yelling at him. And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. I was like, why would you think I was yelling at you? And then sometimes like when we would get into like arguments and and what they're not even like real arguments. Like once that made him cry. And I was like, why are you crying? And then I realized that she was also very verbally abusive to him. And the type of man that my husband is, you can hit him in the face, you can beat him up, blah, blah, whatever. He'll be the person that has his hand behind his back and just take it and just wait until you're done. Right. And walk away. Me, on the other hand, I'm fighting back. Like I'm <laughs> unhinged person like you want to suspect me okay we're gonna we're gonna go you're but unhinged he, <laughs> yeah and, but he is just so so calm and even in court when she's like doing the fake tears and everything he's calm he lets her speak he doesn't interrupt like he just lets her get what she needs to get out and even though the judge is yelling at him saying false things whatever he doesn't say anything back like and i'm just like he's like what's the he's like what's the point of me getting upset He's right. like, if I have a conversation with you, why do I need to yell at you? Why do I need to argue with you if if this conversation doesn't go anywhere? I'm just not going to respond. And right. I'm like, this is why we're all, this is why they say opposites attract. Because <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And that's just how it is. And once I can miss a picture, the money stopped. She purposely stopped paying her rent. And because they were still married, she was threatened with eviction. My husband had to pay it. He was willing to take the um, the contempt charge, and I I went in and I was like, babe, I was like, you're still active duty in the military. I understand she did this on purpose. I understand the judge didn't really hear the facts of everything, but I'm not gonna let you ruin your career. You're about to be medboarded. Like we're not gonna do this. I was like, I'll pay the sixteen hundred dollars, and I'll make sure that my sub my future sub kids have a place to stay. Because he just, he wanted to take the contempt charge because he knew the games that she was playing. Like, she wasn't paying her car note. She wasn't paying the insurance. She wasn't paying her rents. And my husband had to pay all of that. Right. Before the door. And I told him, I was like, it may seem horrible because it's happening right now in the moment. But 
longevity wise, she's going to fail. So you just have to wait for the end game. And he was like, okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> he was like, yeah, okay. He was like, I'll let her burn on her own. I don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. And till this day, he hasn't really done anything besides file in court when there was DHR was involved in everything and when she stopped paying on the car note, he filed in court. But other than that, like besides trying to fight for more custody, he hasn't taken her to court. She's taken him to court. She has filed like frivolous things against him. Like she's already got two motions denied and she is just on this like war path and no one can figure out why. And I was like, I'm the reason why. Cause when I came in, I wrecked everything apparently. You prevented them from getting back together. And you also maybe just from talking to you, you are a very strong person. I am. And she probably did feel like that you were overstepping in some of the parental roles. Yeah. And she, she said that in court too. She said when I was at the restraining order court hearing with her, I told the judge, I was like, I'm willing to drop this right now as long as she leaves me alone. And she pretty much said that it's not fair that I'm educated. I have money. My family has money and I'm over mothering her kids. It's not fair that she can take, that I can take her kids to go do stuff and she can't. And the judge had told her, wouldn't you be, happy though that you have someone who has no relation to these kids whatsoever that wants to do this on their free will pretty much like yeah but the answer to that's no and the reason being it's no different than say me and my ex that he took my son just say to the zoo for the first time Mm -hmm. I wanted that experience so it is a jealousy thing from that standpoint too because she's unable to do those things. But I had to learn that with my son, the first time I did something with him was our first. And that's what mattered. Yeah. And she's the first one that took them to Florida. And I want to take them to Florida for Disney World. But I was like, okay, it's fine. We don't have to go right now. I was like, she'll. And then she took them to Florida. She took them to the beach. And I had told the kids, I was just like, oh, you guys went to Florida. I was like, okay, yay, we could finally go to Florida and go to Disney World. And when my husband brought that up to her, that we're taking the kids to Disney World, it was a big thing. And it was just like, well, with me, I took a step back with the extravagant trips. I did. And my husband felt like I was hiding myself. And he felt like I was not being my true, like, authentic person that I am. Because I'm the type of person that will take a three-day vacation, take my kids, and we'll go to a hotel and go to Florida on the beach for the three days and then come back. Or we'll go to Tennessee and we'll go to Texas. We'll go. And that's just how I've been since I've been out of the military. Like, I don't have anything that ties me down to anywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. And my husband, since we've been together, he wants to go with me. And I told him, I was like, we can't just keep doing these trips just with my kids because his kids are noticing that... The kids went to this place that weekend. They went to, I was like, so there has to be a way where we can incorporate them and not step on toes. But then when the guardian at Lightham came into the picture, the guardian Lightham was like, he told me, he was like, if you want to take the kids on a trip, take them on a trip. He was like, if you, he was like, don't feel guilty for doing that. Because I guess with the guardian at Lightham, since she requested it like last minute, she had to pay $750 for that guardian at Lightham. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she had to pay for the motion. Pay for seven fifty for the guardian item, and then he was like, "She's spending all this money that she can be using on her kids. 
So don't feel guilty. And so once I talked to him, my therapist about it, I was like, it's not like I'm taking them to Paris on the weekend or I'm taking them this. I was like, we're doing very budget friendly things. It's just not at home. And I don't like being locked in anymore because I've had severe depression. I've had severe anxiety. Like I, I've gained, I went all the way to 245 pounds when I was going through my divorce. Like, so I promised myself I would never be felt, feel stuck in a house in an apartment or just feel stuck in general. If I want to go, I want to go. And when I explained to the judge, I was like, I'm not doing anything special. I'm not, I'm giving them their bare necessities. Because my husband, well, my boyfriend, but now my husband, he was barely making it when I came into the picture. Like, because he was paying his attorney's fees. He barely child had support, any money. Yeah. Yeah. I'll support. He, was, he barely had enough money to get the kids clothes and stuff. Because all the clothes that they had, they couldn't fit anymore. And so when I came in, I was like, even if me and you don't work out, I did this for my foster kids. And I'm going to do this for your kids. I'm going to make sure that they have clothes that they can fit them. That they have underwear. Like, I'm going to make sure they have proper hygiene. Like, I'm going to, I was like, I understand. Like, I got my husband resources to, like, to help him and be like, we went to parenting classes. We did all of these things together. And when I told the judge, I was like, I'm not doing anything special. We're just living life. And that's it. Yeah. And it's, but you would think that I'm taking them to Dubai. I'm taking them to like all these places. And it's just like, no, we're just going to an amusement park one weekend. We're just going back home to South Carolina. We're going to adventure. We're going to the zoo. Oh, adventure museum. I love it. They love that. They, I mean, we could spend literally all day at adventure. Yes. And their mom would be mad because we're in South Carolina. We're going to, my aunt has a membership. I'm not paying for I'm not paying for us to go. Like my aunt has a year membership to adventure, a year membership to Riverbank Zoo. Like we don't, when me and my husband travel, we're not spending that much money, honestly. Like I think the most we would spend is the gas and then the food when we get there. We stay at my aunt's house. We stay at her guest house. We take our own car. We don't do a rental. We don't, we're, I'm very budget friendly with the trips that we take, but it's because we're going on trips is what she doesn't like. Right. Because she's not. And she's looking at it that she's not looking at the money she's spending on the court crap as money she could spend taking the kids somewhere. Yeah, because when I saw her in court back in December, I told my husband, I was like, she's trying to dress like me. And he was like, what? And I was like, I was like, the kids are telling me that they barely have clothes that fit them at their house and that they're sharing clothes. Mind you, I have a stepdaughter who's, who's nine and I have a stepson that's seven. Why are they sharing clothes to begin with? And, but she's has a purse. She's wearing her purse like me. She's like wearing the jewelry like me. She's putting on makeup now. And she's doing, I was like, what is happening? And I was like, you know what? I was like, I understand that's a form of flattery to me. It should be a compliment. But my stepdaughter just told me that they didn't have enough food. Like, why does she have new clothes? Why does she have new shoes? Like, why does she, like, what? And then my husband told me, he was like, this is how our marriage was, is that she would spend all the money. And I could not tell you where it went. Mm-hmm. But at her stuff. And I was like, well, I, I never understood that as a parent myself, but to each their own, I'm going to make sure my kids have stuff before I have anything. But that's just how I am as a person. Right. Now, I want to ask, and let's be objective with this. Okay. When your stepdaughter says that mom doesn't have any food, my son told me that about his dad. There's nothing, my dad doesn't have any food. Well, what it was specifically, his dad didn't have food that my son could quickly make. 
Yes. So there wasn't instant grits. There wasn't ravioli. There wasn't things like that. There was food, but not something that my son could go get and eat himself like snacks or anything like that. Do you think that could be what stepdaughter is saying versus there's nothing to eat? I thought that at first because even my kids do that. Well, there's nothing to eat here. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> but we took her to the doctor and I went, when I say we, I mean, my husband took her to the doctor to get her, to get her stomach looked down and everything because it was happening every time we got her back. Mm-hmm. And so with her throwing up and whatnot, I was like, I'm really concerned that this might start an eating disorder. So we need to figure out what's going on. And then she had disclosed to the physician that sometimes mommy doesn't have enough food in the house. And when she said that to the physician, I knew that she wasn't just lying. To, like she wasn't lying to me. Right. Because I always feel with children, you have to have a third party. When it, Whenever there's an accusation, you have to have a third party. So when DHR was involved, it wasn't us who made the report. It was their therapist that made the report. And um, and the way she phrased it, it's not my mom doesn't have any food at the house. It's my mom doesn't have enough. Yeah. And so, but no, it ran across my mind too. Cause I was just like, are you, I was like, are you sure? And then my husband had reached out to his ex-wife and was like, Hey, this is what she's telling me. Cause she's been throwing up every time we get her back. Cause she's overeating. Like, and then she was like, we have enough food in the house. It's just healthy food that she doesn't want. And so me and my husband sat down with her and I was like, is that what the case is? And she was like, no. That's not the case. She was like, mommy does not have enough food in her house, like not even snacks. And so then I jumped in and I was like, I said, told my husband, I was like, just tell her that I will, I will like Instacart groceries to her house. Like, it's not that big of a deal to me. Like, I will make sure that she has enough food in her house for the kids. Yeah, but she doesn't want your help. Nope. And I didn't realize at the time that it was going to cause so much like distress and whatnot, because my thing was. You have two able-bodied people in your house. My stepdaughter is a very honest person. I mean, sometimes too honest. And I, in the last two years I've been in her life, I have taught her to have her own voice for herself and to speak up when things are being said. Because I personally think that mom has like Munchausen symptom, uh, Munch, how, oh, I can never say. Yeah, Munchausen's. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, by proxy. And so I always tell my princess, I was like, when you're at your appointments, when daddy is there, you need to speak up. And I understand with everything that's going on because she sees, she sees how her mom is. She knows how her mom is. And she comes back and tells me, and I was like, I was like, honey, I can't be the only person that you tell. I understand I'm your safe space. Cause she even told the guardian at that I'm her safe space, that I'm the only one that she really feels comfortable talking to you besides daddy about what's really going on and sometimes not even daddy. And so I told her, I was like, I can't, I understand and I appreciate and I acknowledge that I'm your safe space because we have a mantra that we say to each other, but you also need to tell someone else, mm-hmm. whether a doctor, a teacher, the counselor, it can't just be me and daddy. And since DHR has been involved and she's been talking a lot more, she has more confidence now that when we go to doctor's appointment, and her mom tried to say, well, she has this problem with her and this and this and this. And she's like, no, I don't. And that's what my husband, I was like, what? He was like, yeah. Because yeah. um, I'll, I'll give you an example. The last appointment that she had, her mom made her appointment. Well, and the appointment saying that my stepdaughter needed an orthopedic referral because she was wearing, she wore insoles when she was three. 
And I guess they went to OT one time and they were like, what is she here for? Like, this isn't this, there's nothing here. And so they went to the appointment and she brought it up again. And then my stepdaughter was trying to tell the physician that there's something wrong with her legs. There's only sore, they're only sore when she does cheer or when she's playing or exercising. And my husband spoke up too, but the physician had ignored him and just completely listened to mom. And this was a new physician. It wasn't the physician that they normally had. The one that they normally had left the practice. And so my stepdaughter came home and she was like, Miss China, I tried having the voice that you said, but they weren't listening to me. Mommy was not listening to me. The doctor wouldn't listen to me. I couldn't say what I need to say. Nothing's wrong with my legs. I don't know why you don't get like, and you can hear the anxiety coming out of her voice because she was stuttering and her face was getting red and everything. So I told my husband, I was like, okay. I said, well, the next steps can be daddy can ask for a second opinion because she ended up getting the referral, but it's a waste of so, so someone who has a medical background and you can see plain as say that there is no need for the referral, especially because she hadn't seen anyone in over six years um, for this issue that she now apparently has. So I told my husband, I was like, just like she requests second and third opinions when you make appointments, and whatnot, I was like, you can do the same. I was like, I don't know why you think that she has the final say. I understand she has medical veto, but that's like in an emergency type situation. But this isn't an emergency. This is just, I don't, maybe because you're getting out and she wants to use insurance. Like, I don't, I don't know, but she, but my, my stepdaughter, she was really, really upset by that. But I had told her, I was like, it's okay to be upset, but daddy, daddy will handle it. I was like, I can't handle it, but your dad will handle it. Your daddy will get you another appointment. You guys will see a different doctor. And then you can tell the doctor exactly how you feel. Daddy will give you time to speak. I'm sorry that he tried to, and the physician wouldn't listen, but no, keep your voice. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right. Well, you've definitely dealt with a lot with high conflict by a mom. Yes. And I'm people keep saying it, I'm surprised you're still married. And I'm like, sometimes I'm surprised I'm <laughs> I'm still, but it's not as bad anymore now that she can't come to my home, now that she can't contact me. Um, the only reason why I even had any contact with her is because I had a judgment against her and she was refusing to tell me where she worked. She was refusing to tell me any type of information. The only way I got her information was through a discovery from the last court that we had in December um, when I was witness to it. So I was privy to the information. But other than that, like that was the only reason why I contacted her. But when you had um, a restraining order on her, how did that work with events for the kids? So I had told the judge because he was, um, he agreed to the, the restraining order. And I told him, I was like, and I was my hand. And he was like, yes. And I was like, is there any way I could put that we can still be at extra co- extra activities together? Um, and he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, because I don't want to prevent her from coming anywhere, even though she does it now, because when we were going through court, she didn't go to any cheer practice, any cheer, any games on the weeks that she had custody of my stepdaughter. And so mm-hmm. my stepdaughter was behind every time we had her. Um, and so I was just like, I don't have any qualms about her going to any extra co- activities, just I just want her to leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't talk to my children. Just treat me like I don't exist. Right. Uh, and like, well, that's hard to do because you're with my kids. And the right. judge was like, well, she's about to marry your ex-husband. Well, he's still my husband. And then I was like, my husband, I was like, I have the phone right here. And I, I had the divorce paperwork too. It's finalized in August. Like, it literally, like the court, the court date for the restraining order and the divorce was like the same week. Mm-hmm. 
So it was like, yeah, he's still your husband. And I was, I told the judge, I was like, she's had a girlfriend this entire time. She's been with her way longer than we were together. And then he was just like, hmm. <laughs> and yeah. So, chance would be the restraining order, but added that clause to it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. But now the restraining order is over and done with. But if need be, because of what she did to me back in November, I have up to a year to press charges against her for doing that. Mm-hmm. But I literally want nothing to do with her at all. I don't even want to go to court. But my lawyer, the new lawyer that I have for the defamation lawsuit, he was like, well, just he was like, just sit on it. You have the court transcripts. You have everything about her to be your character in court. I would just wait until another court hearing. If she brings you up again, then do it. Your statute of limitations is two years. And I'm pretty sure she's going to file something before the two-year mark is over anyway. And then lo and behold, after I was talking to him, she had filed the passport appeal. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let me let me ask you one more question before yeah. we wrap up. When you said that you originally started not showing that you were doing it improperly because you yes. stopped everything. Yes. And one of the things that we teach is not show the things that are causing you and the blend stress. Yes. Now, some of the things you were doing were not causing you or stepdaughter stress, but they were causing bio mom stress. Yes. So what things did you stop doing and what things did you continue to do? So I stopped going to pickups and drop-offs. So before, when I was doing the, when I was doing the method wrong, I completely stopped appointments. I stopped pickups and drop-offs. I stopped, um, I wasn't necessarily being her cheer coach, but I wasn't really involved with her per, per se being her cheer coach. Um, I wasn't taking her shopping anymore. Literally, you completely just, stopped engaging, basically. Yes, I, I would. We would eat dinner together, but my fa- my entire family knows my favorite restaurant is Chili's Olive Garden, and she would mention it, and she'll bring it up, and I'll be like, "No, we can't go." And mm-hmm. I would do it with like straight face, and she'd be like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Go ask your dad." And then my husband started, and it only lasted a month of disengagement because of how bad I was doing at the method. Right. <laughs> Because you were disengaging not. improperly, which some people yeah. will say, oh, you can't disengage improperly. You can. You yes. can. Yes. She so, even told on, told on me to my aunt. She told on me to her teachers. She said, <laughs> I don't know why she's mad at me. I didn't do anything. I don't, I don't know why my mom is being mean. And just like she was, she was letting everybody know that she was mad at me. And I thought I was doing it the right way. And then I realized that I wasn't. But now I know the right way to do it. Yes, <laughs> which is you don't go to meetings where mom's going to be. No. You don't fill out forms that mom can see. Yes. But you still do things that you enjoy with your stepdaughter. Yes. And my stepson, we're we're close, but we're not that close. Like he he officially, for the first time in the two years that I met him, actually lied on me to his mom. <gasps> uh and I cried. I really did. But he's seven. So I couldn't take it as personal. Um, but I'm okay with having that friendship with my stepson. I know that I am kind of just like a mother figure to him in a great sense. Just his mom will always baby Be number him. Number one. <laughs> number one. Just because we don't allow that behavior that he does at mom's house here. Because even though, yes, he's special needs, we don't treat him like he's special needs. We right. treat him, he 
is just a regular child with all with all the kids and everything. We don't exclude him from anything. We don't. We just make sure like you have the same consequences that your brothers and sister have. Like, and but at his mom's house, it's different. It's completely different. Like that's why Princess she gets upset because she gets treated completely differently at mom's house. Right. But it's but now it's now we're good. We're and I just I don't do pickups and drop offs anymore. I know it makes her upset and that can start a fight. I don't go to appointments anymore. I don't go to IEP meetings. I don't write paperwork anymore, but I'm mm-hmm. still the cheer coach. I'm still the, the dance mom. I'm still, cause I've noticed with princess, she slips up and she calls me mom mm-hmm. and I correct her. Even though it breaks my heart to correct her, I correct her and be like, it's like, it's like princess, you know that if you call me that, like your mom gets upset, like you can't call me that. But then she'll bite back at me and be like, I thought you said I'm allowed to have a voice. And I'm like, you are. You are allowed to have a voice. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to calling me mom, I appreciate it. And I love it for it. I love you for it. I completely understand. But it hurts your mom's feelings when you do it. Right. And she does not like that at all. But at the same time, it's in a divorce decree. I can't. I, I hate stopping them from doing it because they both call me mom. But just to kind of respect that boundary to not cause problems or anything, I correct it. Is it in the divorce degree that nobody will be called mom? Yeah, it's in there. Um, and, and I get that. You get that as a parent. As a parent, I, I completely understand it. I just think that for Princess, she wants me to be her mom so bad that it hurts her when I tell her, don't call me that. And Well, y'all can need to find a different name. What's the Russian name for mom? Because I know the Russian name for grandmother is Babushka, and I really like that. <laughs> but maybe there's a Russian name for mom or something that she could still call you and still be calling you mom without saying mom. I know. We were thinking about that. My husband was thinking about it. Like, he was doing research about it. But, like, he was like, well, let's try Mama China. And I was like, it's because it's it has close. Mom. Yeah, I was like, it has mom in it. So I was like, we can't see Mama China. And so they just been calling me Miss China for the last two years. Um, but the, when she describes me to her teachers and her friends, I'm mom. She yeah. calls me mom. Yeah. But I'm not there. The teachers are the ones who tell me that she that she does it. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did you notice any change when you did start nachoing properly? Yes. My mental health. And my anxiety has gone down a lot. The and I don't know. For me, I just instead of feeling I don't feel guilty anymore, if that makes sense. Like yes. I don't I'm honest. I I don't know how to like really describe it. Like I just have this honesty now with my stepdaughter that we have a great relationship with them. Right. And so it, it's it's to me it's just so much better now it's just and she gets it because she asked she did ask me and um my husband if we can start being honest with her and i I was like well what do you i was like what do you mean and then she was like i want you guys to tell me and i was like well we won't tell you exactly what's going on and that was the first time ever i ever heard her say that her mom's a liar and her mom is mean and i was just like and that was like unprovoked and so i was like well, let's not, let's, let's not say that. And she was like, well, I'm just telling the truth. She was like, I don't like when mommy yells at you. I don't like when she does like, and she just, it was just pretty much like two years of like what she's held in, I guess. And she Mm -hmm. just 
threw it up at me. And I was like, well, if you, I was like, princess, if you want honesty, I can give you honesty, but to a certain extent, because you're a child and I'm trying to keep you a child as much as possible. And she doesn't get that part because I guess at mom's house, she's the one that makes breakfast for her brother. She cleans up after her brother. She has that motherly role at mom's house. And I'm like, here, you absolutely do not. You're going to be a kid and you're going to stay a kid. And if I'm going to make you breakfast, I don't need you to make me breakfast. I don't need to make boys breakfast. I don't need you to be a mom. I need you to be a kid. Right. If she says anything again about, about her mom talking bad about you or whatever and how it upsets yeah. her, maybe it would be good for you to tell her not to worry about those things, that there's more important things to think about and not everybody likes everybody and that's okay. Yeah. And I, and I told her that I was like, I was like, I appreciate, and I told her, I was like, I, cause that's how I talked to her. I'm like, I appreciate that you told me, but at the same time, I can't control mom and I can't control you. So just like how you're allowed to have your feelings, mom's allowed to have her feelings. I don't appreciate that. She does talk to you guys about me because she does. And she's mentioned it in therapy too, how mom questions them about what me and my husband do. Mm-hmm. What we bought about what, um, if they know how much money we have or just like random, like financial questions they've been trying to quiz her on. Yeah. None of her business stuff. That's none of their kids business and definitely none of bio moms. Yeah. And she told the therapist that she was like, yeah, mommy always asked me, like, I guess her and her wife used to probe or still probe. I don't know for sure about information about us. And so I just told her, I was like, you just, just don't answer, honey. I was like, you, cause you don't know. You honestly do not know. You don't know anything about me and daddy's business whatsoever. Like, and we purposely keep you that way. I understand mommy has adult conversations with you at her house, but me and daddy don't. We, we, you're a kid and you need to say a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please say a kid. I just want you to be a kid for as long as possible. Like this is, don't be involved in this. But her mom, the way that she talks to her and the information that my stepdaughter knows, I'm like, how do you even know this information? Right. Yeah. Well, China, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast, and I appreciate you sharing your story. And I know that our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. If nothing else, if they're attacked by bio mom, don't <laughs> don't fight back. File a police report. Take her to court. Take her to court. I was an advocate about don't because my thing is like if I would have hit her back both times the when I had her arrested the first time, and then when she almost physically attacked me back in November, she wouldn't try to use that against me in court. Oh, of course, because it's kind of like a domestic violence situation where if both people were participated in the violence, then both people can go to jail. Exactly. And so I was like, it's a setup and I don't participate in setups. I'm a bigger person. I was like, it's 2024. No one's going to jail. I'll just call the police. Yep. (laughs) Well, thank you again. And let's have you back on in a couple of years and see how things are going. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Have a good night. You too. We often hear people talk about they want a relationship with the bio parent, meaning the child's other parent, not the person you're in a relationship with, obviously. And I never had that desire. No, I didn't either. And I get wanting to meet who your kids are going to be around, but you can't control it. So you meeting them, I don't know 
how often it creates a positive result? I think for me, if it would have been somebody that I could see myself hanging out with or having a relationship with, regardless of these circumstances, then maybe I would feel differently. But it's not a person that I would I would be friends with, you know, either way. So, give an example to make sure I'm following you. Well, what I'm saying is, if if I would have met your son's dad, <laughs> yeah, baby dad, if I would have met him some other lifetime, I still wouldn't be friends with him. I still wouldn't have a desire to be friends with him because of who he is. Right. It has and it has nothing to do with me having any feelings toward him because of the fact that he's baby daddy. It's nothing to do with that. I just. I just would not consider him somebody that I would have a friendship with. Okay. So when your ex was dating people, Mm -hmm. did you ever have a desire to meet those people? No. Uh, Only only in the terms of I want to know who's around my kids. So it's not really I want to have a relationship with them. I just want to understand who they are. And I still didn't do that, really. Other than the the one, <laughs> right? You know that she was with the most. But often. you already knew what type of person that person was. To yeah, to at least to some degree, right? You know, you have it's a challenge because you have the aspects of the person that you may not like. Let's just say there was infidelity involved. Obviously, from an from a integrity and ethical standpoint, I don't like this person. Because I think they have issues, obviously. Mm-hmm. From a from a standpoint of would they harm my kids? That's completely different. They could be completely fine being a, a step parent to them or a other adult in their life, and they're completely good with that. They just aren't worth the crap when it comes to keeping their pants on. <laughs> and so, I you know, I have to try to separate that and understand. I you know. It wasn't that – I'm just going to take my example. It, it it wasn't that when there was infidelity that this other person did it to harm me. I was not a thought. <laughs> right. You know, I was not a thought at all. Well, I get wanting to know who your kids are around. Mm-hmm. But if you meet this person and you don't like them – that's just going to cause problems. Yes. Because it doesn't matter if you like them or not. Your ex is still going to be with this person if they like them. Yeah. To, well, to me, it wasn't a matter of me liking them. I didn't care one way or the other. But I cared what my kids' experience was. And it and it didn't, and also didn't necessarily matter if they didn't, quote, unquote, like them. What matters was how were they being treated. And I don't mm-hmm. mean fairly. Like, oh, he treats his bio kids better than my kids. I don't care about that. In fact, I expected that. What I cared about is he's not doing anything that would be harmful to you. He's not withholding food from you, or he's not dealing out physical discipline toward you or something like that. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. All right. Okay. That's our show for today, folks. Thanks for listening. And remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. 
Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.